Welcome to the Jumpstart Your Instructional Design Career Podcast. This podcast is dedicated to helping new and aspiring instructional designers get the knowledge, skills, and confidence to stand out in the field and land their first corporate instructional design job. I'm your host, Jill Davidian, and think of this podcast as a way to put my over 20 years of corporate ID experience in your back pocket. I've helped over 500 new instructional designers successfully transition into the field, and I know what hiring managers are looking for. Whether you're looking for a career change and exploring if instructional design is right for you, or you know you want to become an ID and have no idea how to get started, you are in the right place. Join me each week for actionable guidance as we explore how to build your portfolio, transform your resume, and interview with confidence. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about portfolios, and this is something that we've talked about before, but I want to dive a little bit deeper into it. So if you have listened to the episode that I did on what a portfolio is and why it's so important to have one, you'll know that you need to have a portfolio in order to get an instructional design job. It is really important to be able to prove to employers what you're able to do, especially if you're transitioning. And it really is a requirement in the field. Even people who have been in instructional design for a while need to have a portfolio, but it's even more important for you as you're transitioning and don't have the job experience to back up your ability to do the job. They need to be able to see that you can do it. What I want to talk about, though, is what goes into that portfolio. So you may be thinking, okay, I know I need to have a portfolio. Cool. Now, what do I put in it? Do I just put things that represent what I've done at previous jobs? Do I pull out lesson plans and curriculum? And do I put some random videos that I made or what goes in there? Or maybe you're thinking, I don't have anything to put in there because everything is proprietary. I can't put anything. So I guess I can't make a portfolio because I don't have anything to put in it. And that is not true. When you create your portfolio, you are going to have to create things from scratch. That is the way it is. And I've said this before, that almost never are you going to put things from a previous job. So if everything is proprietary, that's okay. The only time I would suggest putting anything from a previous job in there is if you actually did instructional design work at a previous job that was a company, not education, not higher ed, nothing like that, but an actual company where you were training adults. If you did something along those lines and it is something that you have permission to use, you can put it in there. But most people don't have that, especially if you're coming from K through 12 education or higher ed, you're not going to have those types of things. And you do not want to put things in your portfolio that speak to the job that you have currently. You want to put things in there that speak to the job you want. So if you want a job in corporate, you are not going to put lesson plans from teaching fourth grade or teaching ninth grade, you're just not going to do it because that is not going to get you a job in corporate. It is not showing them that you know how to do what is required in corporate. So since you don't already have those items because you haven't ever worked in corporate, you're going to have to create them from scratch. And so I want to go through a list of the items that you will need to create in order to get an instructional design job. These are the things that employers are looking for. These are the things that when they go to your website, they're going to be trying to find. And if you don't have these items, it's going to be very difficult to get a job. One, because other people are going to have these items. They're going to be able to see more of what they can do, whereas they might not be able to see what you can do. 
And two, because this gives employers an idea of what they can expect from you. And often when they see things in your portfolio that may be better than what they have going on currently, they may say, wow, this is something that this person can bring to us. Um, And so it's really important that you showcase and let them know that you can actually create great learning in that you actually know how to use the tools and that all of those things, we want to be able to prove that to them. All right, so what are the things that need to be in your portfolio? So number one, I want you to have two storyline samples. So this could have been number one and two, but I just made it number one. And so this is going to be two e-learning samples that you have created with Articulate Storyline. Really important. You want to have at least two of those. Why do you need two? Because one looks like maybe you kind of threw that together, but you don't really know how to do it. When you have two, not only are you getting more practice, but you're also showing them, no, I know how to do this. I created two samples and you want those two samples to be different. So they're not in the same style. They look different. They're using, you know, different um, graphics and different topics, interactions and all of that. The second one is I want you to have one to two rise samples. So this is with Articulate Rise. So Articulate Rise is a sister product to Articulate Storyline. They are both e-learning authoring tools. A lot of companies use both of them or one or the other. They are the two most commonly used tools in the instructional design and e-learning development field. And so you really want to have samples from both. Rise is used less often than Storyline, so that's why you said you could have one to two, whereas Storyline, I definitely want you to have two. Now, I would make sure all of the topics for all of these are different topics, but that is the second one in the list. Now, if you want to learn more about the difference between Articulate, Storyline, and Rise, I do have a podcast episode on that, and so you can listen to that to get more information about these two tools. Now, that's going to cover the development side, where you actually go and build the e-learning. But employers are going to want to see that you can do the design side as well, that it's not just about building. It's not like when we're building a house and you just go start hammering away to build the house. No, you've got to have a blueprint. You've got to plan it out, right? The architect has to create that blueprint. And so we have to do that as instructional designers. And so employers don't want to just see the end product. They want to actually see how you got there. What was your design process like? And so you're going to want to create a storyboard. A storyboard is in-depth, line by line, what is going to be on the slides that you're going to create, say, in Storyline, right? You're going to create a storyboard for your Storyline project. So that number one that I told you where you need to have a Storyline sample, well, this in number three, this storyboard can be for that storyline sample. It's like the precursor to it. So you can use the same topic for both. Now, number four is going to be a design document. And so a design document comes even earlier. So if you want to learn more about the process and how all these documents fit in, you can listen to my episode on how the instructional design process is like building a house. But you can definitely get more information if you listen to that other episode about what these different deliverables are. So that design document is going to be super high level to lay out your project. And so that's number four on our list. So the design document, super high level, the storyboard is more detailed, and then you're going to go to actually develop it in Storyline or Rise. 
And so the design document, the storyboard, and one of the storyline samples could all be on the same topic because that would be a typical project path to create those same deliverables, same set of items for one particular topic. But then your other storyline topic is going to need to be something different. Your rise topic is going to need to be something different. Number five on this list is a virtual instructor-led training facilitator guide and PowerPoint. So I'm putting these together because this is what makes up the virtual instructor-led training package. And so if you are unfamiliar with virtual instructor-led training as it relates to e-learning, you can listen to my episode on the different learning delivery methods. But in a nutshell, virtual instructor-led training is live. There is a live instructor. It is typically not you. It is someone else, but you are designing the materials, the PowerPoint that that instructor is going to present, and the facilitator guide that they're going to use that are going to have all of the notes that you're going to have them say, like what are the things that they need to say? What are the activities that they're going to do? Are they going to have a breakout room? How long is it? Are they going to debrief? What are they discuss in the breakout rooms? All of those kinds of things are going to be in a facilitator guide. And then you're going to have the PowerPoint. That is what the learners actually see. That is number five. Now, I have that in here, even though I would say there's probably about, I don't know, maybe 15, 20% of companies out there still doing virtual instructor-led training, whereas most of them are doing e-learning, which is captured in the first four items that I mentioned. But virtual instructor-led training is still fairly common. And so the more that you have in your portfolio, the more you are opening yourself up to take on more work because you don't know what that employer is looking for. Now, if you decide that you only want to do e-learning and you don't even want to do virtual instructor-led training, then that's different. I would leave out the virtual instructor-led training materials because you want to put things in your portfolio for the job that you want. But if you do it the other way around and you only put virtual instructor-led materials in there and don't put e-learning, you're going to really, really limit yourself because there's much fewer jobs out there. My recommendation is to have both unless you're really adamantly against one of them so that you can have the best possible opportunity for getting a job. Now, number six on my list is some kind of micro learning. What is micro learning? And I'm going to go into this in more detail in a future episode. But micro learning essentially is a very short snippet of learning. It can be what we call a job aid, which is kind of like a one-pager or two-pager quick reference guide to accomplish some task. It can be a video. Usually it's one of those types of things, but it's short. It's something that a learner can learn a skill or learn something, whatever the objective is. There's usually maybe one objective at the most within a few minutes. Think TikTok. TikTok is like micro-learning. You're learning something Maybe not all TikTok is learning, but there are a lot of TikToks where you learn something in just like 60 seconds or whatever it is. So I want you to include some kind of micro learning. Ideally, you're going to include more than one micro learning item, but at least one. So this could be a job aid, which is like a PDF. You could do it in Canva. It can be like steps one, two, three, four, five for completing something in a software program. It could be like some kind of cheat sheet or some kind of quick reference. The second option could be a video in a software like Beyond 
That's V as in Victor, Y-O-N-D, or maybe Powtoon is another one, P as in Paul, O-W-T-O-O-N. And so these are softwares that create animated videos that teach something. So they're just really short, but they're engaging and they have a purpose. And so Vyond especially is used in corporate. Sometimes Powtoon is used as well. So having something like that really helps in your portfolio where you teach something short and sweet through a video. Another one you can do is with Camtasia, C-A-M like Mary, T-A-S-I-A. Camtasia is a video editing software that's pretty easy to use compared to Adobe Premiere and some of those other more complicated ones. And you can create a short video in there as well, but it's more like real footage or you could share your screen and do like a screen recording where you're teaching how to do something on the screen and maybe using some circles and things like that to highlight certain things. And so that's going to be a little different because it's not going to be an animated video. It's either going to be real footage you're shooting or screen recording. So those are three examples of micro learning, the job aid, the beyond video, or the Camtasia video. And I would definitely include at least one of those, if not one from all three of those categories in your portfolio. So I'm going to go over that list again. So number one was two storyline samples. So these are e-learning samples. Number two is one to two rise samples, still e-learning, but a different type. Number three is at least one storyboard. Number four is at least one design document. Number five is what I'm calling the virtual instructor-led training or VILT package, which includes a PowerPoint and a facilitator guide. And number six is some kind of micro learning. You could say this is number six, seven, eight, because it'd be great if you could have one from all three. It's just going to give more variety to your portfolio, show off more skills, and you know be able to attract more employers. And so those three things that I mentioned there were either a job aid or a cheat sheet or a quick reference guide, a beyond video or a Camtasia video. Now, this is ideally what you want to have in your portfolio to attract as many employers as possible. Could you get by with having fewer items in your portfolio? Possibly. But just know that if you were going to give something up, I would probably give up the micro learning and the VILT. Having the storyline samples, having the rise samples and or sample, having the storyboard and the design document, super, super important. A lot of people think they just need to have like the end product in there and don't put that design document storyboard in there. And unless you're going for a pure e-learning developer job, and we talked about job titles last week, you're not going to want to leave any of these things out. So I would really strive to try to get all of these items in there. Now, like I said, most of these items, if not all of them, are going to be created from scratch. So it's going to take you a little while to do this. And that's the thing. It's going to take a while to do your portfolio. If you are doing your portfolio super quickly, chances are that it is not at the level needed to get hired by a hiring manager in instructional design. You're going to want to create these portfolio samples, go over them, get feedback, revise, revise, revise. You can listen to my episode on feedback that I did a couple of weeks ago because this is super, super, super important to getting hired. It's not just a nice to have. It's what is required. This is going to take some work. This often takes people at least a couple 
if not several months, to be able to create all of these different deliverables, but at least a couple of months at a very, very, very bare minimum. And really, even then, it's it's if you want to have a really good portfolio, it often takes a few months. But in the whole scheme of things, five years down the road, 10 years down the road, it's not going to matter that your portfolio took a few months. But right now, it's going to make a huge difference to really helping you get that job so you're not spinning your wheels and applying for jobs and getting nowhere because you don't have the portfolio that's actually going to get you hired. So not only create the documents that I listed, but also make sure that you are getting feedback and that you're revising because the first version of these things is typically not the one you want to put in your portfolio. It's all a learning process. Now, if you're looking for a design document template because you don't even know how to create one, and that was one of the items that was number four on my list, you can actually go to my website. If you go to learningstrategyanddesign.com, and you can find our resources page. It will also be linked in the show notes. And you will see where I will give you a free design document template. This is a template that I have used with my clients. And it's a template that we use in Applied Instructional Design Academy as well. So this is tried and true. This template is one that you can use when creating your design document for your portfolio. I hope you got some great nuggets out of this episode and you're now no longer in the dark about what actually needs to be in your portfolio in order to get hired as an instructional designer. Can't wait to see you next week. Thanks for tuning in to the Jumpstart Your Instructional Design Career podcast. I hope you've gained valuable insights that will help you on your instructional design journey. Did you have a moment of clarity? Maybe you have some additional questions. Let's discuss in my Facebook group, which can be found in the description below and in the show notes at learningstrategyanddesign.com slash podcast. If you love the show and want to hear more, follow the podcast and give me a rating and review. Let me know if there's a specific topic you'd like me to cover or a guest you'd like me to have on the show. You can also check out more resources for breaking into instructional design on my website, learningstrategyanddesign.com. Stay tuned next week as I bring you more tips, tools, and strategies to jumpstart your instructional design career.